Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. الحمد لله رب العالمين حمد الشاكرين رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته والكونتينيو ان شاء الله تونايت دي تفسير اوف سوره الليل وي ستارتد لاست تايم ذس سوره اند از وي اول نو ذس از ان ذا اوردر اوف ريفيليشن سوره الليل ويتش واز ريفيلد افتر سوره الاعلى which was revealed after Surah At-Takweer and that takweer was revealed after Surah Al-Masad and Al-Masad was after Surah Al-Fatiha Al-Fatiha, Surah number 5 was revealed after So the sequence of Surahs uh, we are still at the beginning of the revelation so this is Surah number 9 uh, in the order of revelation not much of the Quran has been revealed However, the da'wah of Islam has already progressed. So although Islam is still at its infancy in terms of revelation, however, as I mentioned, uh, the da'wah has been uh, gaining momentum. Uh, there has been already uh, people who are opposing Islam and taking a very firm stand. And this was clear in the Surah Al-Masad where Allah addressed Abu Lahab in particular. It was also clear in Surah Al-Qalam where the surah addressed one person and most of the narration uh, state that it was Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira who also had taken a very firm stand against Islam and also Surah Al-Alaq, the second part of Surah Al-Alaq addressed Abu Jahl who was also taking a very firm stand against Islam. So Islam, although it is at, it's still at its infancy, the Quran is still being revealed, there is a group of people who believed in Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, and in this surah al-layl, we have uh, uh, some, some early, uh, early indication of the type of the taste of torture and punishment and hardship that the Sahaba were going through. Bilal radiallahu anhu, is the subject of the surah him and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu Abu Bakr on the side of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam one of the people who still have some power and some money and some ability in Mecca despite the fact that he's a Muslim and Bilal a Muslim a new sahabi a new person who entered Islam who has been a slave of Umayyah bin Khalaf who uh, has converted into Islam and accepted Islam but because he was slave and he was weak therefore the kuffar of Mecca in particular, his ex-master took advantage of that and was torturing him in a manner that no one can tolerate that torture. And we know the story when the Prophet ﷺ was passing through and seeing Bilal 
and looking at him and Bilal was saying Ahadun Ahad every time Umayyah bin Khalaf would beat him with the uh, with some lashes on his chest or on his back he would say Ahadun Ahad which means I believe in one and only one Allah Azza wa Jal and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would turn to him and say Ahadun Tunjika Ya Bilal Ahad this word of Ahad will definitely save you and then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentions how uh, a pain how painful it was for Bilal radiallahu an. he mentions that to Abu Bakr and Abu Bakr immediately goes home picks part of his money goes to Umayyah bin Khalaf and offers to pay a ransom for Umayyah in order to save Bilal and take him out of this torture chamber if you will and Umayyah bin Khalaf of course knowing that Bilal is not going to turn back against the religion of Islam and against Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam and will never return back to the kufr and jahiliyyah he takes the money from Abu Bakr and let Bilal go and Allah azza wa jal reveals this surah or part of the surah where he talks about Abu Bakr saying wa ma li ahadin 'indahu min ni'matin tujza illa ibtigha'a wajhi rabbihi al-a'la wa sawfa yarda indeed he does nothing for any favor and not for waiting for any favor or return of favor. He's doing that only for the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal, only to please Allah Azza wa Jal. And this surah was revealed. And last time we started this by, we talked about how Allah Azza wa Jal began this surah with this oath, وَاللَّيْلِ إِذَا يَغْشَى Swearing by one of his creation, the night and the day, when the night takes over, and when the day later on comes and takes over one more time, when the night covers everything, يغشات means covers everything, so you don't see anything, and the nahar, the day time comes up, تجلى means it opens up everything, so everything is clear, indicating that a hint to the Sahaba, uh, like Bilal radiallahu anh, like Suhaib, like Abu, like Abu Bakr himself, and like all the rest of the Sahaba who were in pain, that after this long night that's taking over, that's covering everything, everything, there will come a day when things will be more clear, the day light where the night will be gone and the oppression will be gone and the light of Islam will take over one more time. So this is an indirect indication for, of the potential victory that was waiting for these new Sahaba. And then also Allah Azza wa Jal makes this reference to the creation of the male and the female. And we said that this uh, uh, reference to the male and female, after the reference to the day and the night, it's an, an indirect indication that male and female are also the, direction, the, the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal as much as the day and the night. So there is no discrimination for male and female. There is no differentiation between them except in the role and the responsibility each one covers. Just like the day and the night, each one has its own responsibility, each, each, each one carries its own role. So males and females in Islam, under the, from the Islamic perspective, these are the creation of Allah Azza wa Jal, but each one has his own or her own role and responsibilities based on what Allah Azza wa Jal had designated. We mentioned this uh, 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 in details. And then Allah Azza wa Jal also saying, فَأَمَّا مَنْ أَعْطَى وَاتَّقَى وَصَدَّقَ بِالْحُسْنَةِ Whether it's male or female, whoever pays in the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal, whoever fears Allah Azza wa Jal, whoever takes note of the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is there and is watching, that's the meaning of a taqwa or taqa means be alert, be aware of the fact that there is yet 
one more entity in this world that can watch you, can see what you are doing, can hear what you are doing, and therefore you will be responsible for that. And believes in whatever Allah Azza wa Jal has revealed, Al Husna, which is La ilaha illallah Muhammad Rasulullah, then Allah says, Yusra, we will indeed provide him a smooth path. We will help him. And on the contrary, which that's where we stopped last time, the one who holds his hand tight, the one who does not want to spend on the cause of Allah Azza wa Jal, the one who sees the need, there is a need, and then he says, no, this is mine, this is my money, this is my wealth, this is my power, I am not going to extend my power or my wealth or whatever I have in order to save yet one more person who is in desperate need. The one who sees Bilal being tortured and does not want to help. The one who sees the Muslims are being in pain and suffering and does not want to help. The one who sees today the people, many Muslims in Gaza are being deprived of the basic needs, of, of the basic life needs and does not want to extend this help. The one who sees millions of refugees in Syria and does not want to give his wealth and to extend his power in order to save yet one more child, yet one more woman, yet one more man. The one who makes this bukhul, that's internally, he decides to be bakhil. Bakhil means doesn't want to give. Hold his hand tight. says, heck with everybody else. I am sufficient by myself. I don't need anyone else. I have my own money. I have my own wealth. I don't need other people. Other people are not going to get my wealth. The one who feels this, in fact, Allah Azza wa Jal, he made a reference to this in Surah Al-Alaq, where he says, Indeed, when the person feels that he is self-sufficient, he doesn't need anyone else. He thinks that he can make it on his own, then he becomes a taghiya. Taghiya means oppressive, means he goes beyond the limit of oppression. Just like Bashar today, he thinks, oh, I can do it on my own. I have Russia on my side. I have Iran on my side. I have Hezbollah on my side. I have all of these. On, I have also America indirectly on my side. And therefore, I don't need anyone. I don't think I want to give up my power. And therefore, I go and torture and kill millions and millions or thousands or thousands of people, destroy all homes. I don't care. Istagna. Abu Jahl, he felt the same thing. When someone feels that he is self-sufficient, he is independent, he can do it on his own, he thinks that he is beyond the reach of Allah Azza wa Jal, then he becomes a taghiya. Like Fir'aun. When Fir'aun, at the time when Bani Israel, he wanted to destroy the, the descendants of Bani Israel, so no prophet will come out of this group of people that can challenge Fir'aun. He was, he felt taghiya. He felt that, Ana rabbukum al -a'la. I am the, the highest level of Rabb. No one can torture or no one can take my power away from me. So Fir'aun was doing whatever he was doing. And the same thing today. When the people, when the people here, Allah Azza wa Jal says, Amma man bakhila wastagna, the one who reaches this point that he thinks he's self-sufficient, he is independent, there is no power that can get to him, no one can ever, 
bring him from his height wherever he is. I am the NATO, I am the Security Council, I am the superpower, I have the nuclear arsenal, I have the trillions of dollars, I have this big, big, massive power, no one can get me down, then this person or this entity or the state will act in tyranny. Will act in tyranny means it will, this entity, this state or this leader or this ruler, he will not watch for any child who is being deprived, any woman who is being killed, any person who is being raped. He doesn't care. And here Allah Azza wa Jal is referring to this, the one who had reached this status of feeling that I am absolutely independent, I am beyond the reach of anyone, I will not provide him any help. Not only we will not help him, but we will push him in the path which is a wrong path, a path of difficulty. He will be in the more difficult path. The difficult path, path in this case is, is the path of tyranny. The path of tyranny is the most difficult path you can get in. It's not good. To be a tyrant is not good. It's not user. To be a tyrant, to be a bloodthirsty, to crush thousands of people to destroy Hama or Homs or Halab Aleppo or Damascus, that's not easy. That's Usr. So when Allah says anyone who takes this path, anyone who is Bakhil and Mustaghni, who feels, feels this tyranny, he will go and will be pushed into this long path of tyranny and hardship. So the hardship in reality is not the one who is being tortured. This is very interesting notion. In Mecca, when this ayah was revealed, when the Sahaba, the one who were being tortured, Bilal radiallahu anhu is the one who is dragged on the desert. He is the one who is being tortured. Umayyah bin Khalaf is the one with the, with the whip in his hand. He is the one who thinks he is powerful. And here Allah says, the one that who is believing in Allah, husna, his path is the, youth, is the yusr. In the long, long run, when you look at the whole path, maybe at the beginning I have a rock in, in front of me, maybe there is some difficulty, but beyond this rock, beyond this obstacle, beyond this mountain in front of me, once it's removed, everything is going to be smooth. And indeed, Bilal radiallahu anhu, until today, until today, like Umar radiallahu anhu was saying, Sayyiduna Abu Bakr, Sayyiduna Abu Bakr, our master, our prestigious, respected Abu Bakr, he helped or relieved Sayyidna Bilal. Bilal, the ex-slave, until today we say Sayyidna Bilal radiallahu anhu. Sayyiduna Bilal. We don't just say Bilal. Sayyidna Bilal radiallahu anhu. May Allah be pleased with him. Sayyidna Mus'ab bin Umayr. May Allah be pleased with him. Sayyidna Suhaib al-Rumi. Sayyid, all of these say, we tell them Sayyidna means they are our beloved masters, our beloved uh, uh, teachers, our beloved uh, people that we adore them, we respect them. That is a yusr. That's the yusr. So when Allah Azza wa Jal says, سَنُيَسِّرُهُ لِلْيُسْرَى we will make his path smooth and his life very smooth, very nice, very kind, very uh, 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 very pleasant in the end run. Yes, indeed, Bilal radiallahu anhu, when he lived his life in the long life, who had the upper hand? Was it Bilal or Umayyah? Umayyah, when he was killed in the battle of Badr, when he was killed in the battle of Badr, one kid, one very young 
kid, probably he was 11 years old. He was saying, show me Umayyah. I want to show this jahil, this kafir, this mushrik, how he was torturing Sayyidina Bilal radiallahu anhu. One from the Ansar. He was just so furious. He said, I want to get to this man who one day was the tyrant and was torturing this person about Bilal. And he went to him and he killed him. So Umayyah, his life was usr. So when Allah Azza wa Jal says, when you asirhu usra he means it. Now, there is another point here. Many people, they think, especially in philosophies that are impacted by the paganist philosophy, by the old Greek philosophy, that God, Allah Azza wa Jal, is a God, it's true, it's a creator, but this God has no impact in the life of the people. This God is not a Rabb. Here Allah Azza wa Jal says, no, that's not true. Allah is a Rabb, and the Rabb, as we said in the beginning, right, when we talked about Iqra, Bismi Rabbika Alladhi Khalaq, the Rabb is the one who is actively involved in his own domain. You can't be a Rabb of a house, a Rabb of a house when you don't care about your house. When you don't take care of your house, you are not a Rabb of a house. You are not the Rabb of the apartment or the building when you don't collect the rents from the, your tenants. You are not a Rabb of, of, of your building of your premises. The Rabb is the one who is actively involved in his own domain. And the domain of Allah Azza wa Jal in this case is the domain of his creation. He created the world and he's actively involved. Meaning that, okay, I created people, men and women. Now men and women, you do good in favor of Allah Azza wa Jal or at least in return to what Allah Azza wa Jal has told you based on his instructions, Allah will help you, natural. That's a Rabb. So you live in the domain of Allah Azza wa Jal. You live in the creation, in the universe he created. He says, I want you to live in the following manner. I want you to give. I want you to give your power, your wealth, your money, to help, to feed, etc. All of this. I want you to do that. And you do it, Allah Azza wa Jal will help you. Or if you say, no, no. Yes, you created me. I, I am rebellious against Allah Azza wa Jal. I don't care about his orders. I don't take care about instructions, his instructions. I don't need you, my God. I am on my own. Allah Azza wa Jal will not help you. Not only that, he will push you in the side on the same direction you are pushing yourself into. That is normal. That's expected. This is how Arab, how we perceive the notion of Arab. Arab is not someone who will let this world run on its own. But Arab if you do something good within his own creation, within the land and the universe he created, he will help you and support you. If you don't do good, he will not support you. So that's what we say here. If you do good, you do bad, we will make it easy for you to fall. See, at Taysir, and this is interesting, the way the Quran says, Al-Usr, is hardship and to make it easy for you to be in hardship that's it's it's like a sarcastic manner you say okay you want it that way you really want to fall in this ditch i will make it smooth for you i will pave the road so you go and you fall i will pave it for you so you will fall if you really want that if you insist that you want to fall in the ditch if you insist that you want to live in a hard type of life, if you insist that you want to be against Allah Azza wa Jal, if you insist that you want to turn against all the orders of Allah Azza wa Jal, okay, this is the path. And Allah Azza wa Jal will make it available for you. Just like in the other surah where he says, بَشِّرِ الْمُنَافِقِينَ بِأَنَّ لَهُمْ عَذَابًا أَلِيمًا Bashir, 
is glad tiding. Glad tide, which means give the munafiqeen the good news. You know, Bushara is good news. When you say, oh, let me give you the good news. Your wife just has given a birth to a good, uh, uh, lovely daughter. That's a good news. Bad news, you say, oh, bad news, your son has been in an accident and he has been killed. Imagine if someone will tell you, let me tell you the good news that your son was killed in an accident. What good news is that? That's not good news. The Quran using that, let me give the munafiqeen the good news, al-bishara, bashir al-munafiqeen, let me give them the good news that they will, they will, they will be tortured in hellfire. Bashir al-munafiqeen bi anna lahum azaban alima. Give them the good news that they will be tortured in hellfire because of what they have done, because they take the kuffar as allies besides other than the mu'minin. Because that's what they want. The munafiq, he wants to live with the kuffar against the mu'mineen. He wants to protect the kuffar against the mu'mineen. He wants to put his hands in the hand of the Israelis and the Jews against the Palestinian Muslims or the Syrian Muslims. That's munafiq. So the Quran says, Bashir al munafiqin give him the glad tidings. Give him the good news that he will go to hellfire. And here he says, I will pave the road for you so you fall in the ditch, so you will be in, in, in hardship. Because that's what you deserve. And the time when he falls, in fact, the metaphor which I just brought, the falls in a ditch, Allah Azza wa Jal is using, I borrowed this from the next ayah. At the time when he falls, at the time when he goes into that big ditch and he falls down, when he collapses, like when capitalism collapses, when socialism collapses, when the new world order collapses, taradda means collapse. At the time when you collapse, at the time when you fall down, at the time when you come down from your big, 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 big palace or the place or the power you are in and, you, and then you go down, what good your money or wealth is going to do for you? I remember the days when the Shah of Iran, one of the richest people in the world, when he was outsted outside Iran back in 1979 uh, during the revolution in Iran. Tremendous amount of wealth he had. Tremendous amount of wealth. That wealth did not save him, did not even give him a chance to find a place where he can die smoothly. He kept circulating in disguise in his airplane. No one is going to, to, to receive him. United States denied him landing in the United States. Canada did not accept him. France did not accept him. Europe did not accept him. Latin America said, no, we are not. Then uh, at the end of the day, a guy like him, Sadat, he accepted him and he was killed one year later when he did that. At the time when he falls, what good his money is going to do for him? Look what Qaddafi, what, what good his wealth has hundreds of billions of dollars stashed in Greece, in Italy, in the United States, in Britain. What good did that money do for him? What good would the wealth and the power Bashar has is going to do for him when he is captured or he is kicked out of his office next day or tomorrow or day after tomorrow? What good is going to do that for him? The wealth that the Gulf Amirs, those who are in the oil, oil Amirs, they have hundreds of billions of dollars. At the time 
when the usr comes in, because Allah promises them, you will be leading a path that will take you into something absolutely hard, difficult. You can't get out of there. What your money or wealth can do for you? Nothing. It has two notations, two meanings. One, that his money will do nothing for him, absolutely. This is a denial from Allah So Allah denies him the right of being able to utilize his money in order to save him, or it's a question. Sometimes, what good your money will do for you if you fall down and Allah pushes you in that big, big, hard type of life? Either way, it's, whether it's a question or it's a statement, it means the same thing. That at the end of the day, you cannot be saved. You cannot be saved at the time when Allah makes the decision that you should go. There is nothing that can help. Nothing helped Mubarak. Nothing helped Qaddafi. Nothing. All the money, all the wealth did not help Zain al-Abdin bin Ali or Bashar al-Assad or Ali Abdullah Saleh. And nothing will help any of these tyrants. And the money of the wealth and the wealth that Al-Walid bin Al-Mughira had and Umayyah bin Khalaf had did not help them. It's all gone. It's all gone. And eventually, only the victory of Allah Azza wa Jalla that prevails. Look at the life of the Muslims. At the life of the Muslims, Allah Azza wa Jalla reminds them Says, وَذْكُرُوا إِذْ أَنْتُمْ مُسْتَضْعَفُونَ فِي الْقَلِيلٌ مُسْتَضْعَفُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ تَخَافُونَ أَيَّ تَخَطَّفَكُمُ النَّاسِ Remember at the time when you were so few, so you were so weak in Mecca, you were so scared that you will be snatched out of the earth, out of your homes, out of the streets, and you will be killed. Remember those days when you were so absolutely frightened because of, those, of that tyranny of Mecca against you? It's over. Those days of scare and terrorism are over. The terrorism of Jahiliyyah, the terrorism of the Kufr, the terrorism of the Shirk. Terrorism never grows except with Shirk and Kufr. There is never a terror that occurs when Islam prevails. The security, then he says, now Allah Azza wa Jal, فَآوَاكُمُ اللَّهُ وَأَيَّدَكُمْ بِنَصْرَةِ Then Allah Azza wa Jal, he gave you the safe haven. وَأَيَّدَكُمْ بِنَصْرَةِ And he supported you with his victory. وَرَزَقَكُمْ مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ And he gave you all the good things. And they felt it. It was real. Just look at the history. It's real. It's not, this is not metaphor. This is not a story that we make. It was only the years after the migration to Medina when everybody felt secure, when everybody felt at safe haven, when everybody had plenty. And later on, when the Muslims started conquering the lands, all the goods of the world were coming and pouring into the hands of the Muslims, and the Muslims just don't want this dunya. They were working for Allah for the sake of Allah Things will be replaced. And today, by the same token, you stick to Iman, you go on the, on the, yus, on the path that Allah wants, Allah says, In the previous surah, which we did, Surah Al-A'la, he talked to Muhammad alone, that Allah told him, it was to Muhammad. This is the surah that we did last time about Surah Al-A'la, where it says, And we will direct you into the good path. Here Allah extends this notion to the believers. Not only Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says, For everyone, for all of us, just like Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And it will happen. 
it will happen. This torture, this pain, this sufferings that the Muslims are living in will be changed, will be reversed, will be replaced. The brothers in Syria will not, will not suffer for a long time. They will suffer now, but the real suffering will be for Bashar and his, and his elites, not for the Muslims. The Muslims will, will be victorious in no time, and all of this hardship and pain and suffering will be gone, will be forgotten. Allah will make it sanuyassiruhu lil yusra. And for them, sanuyassiruhu lil usra. It will be the usr for them, it will be the hardship for them, it will be tor the torture for them. And then continues, وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُمَا لُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّ When that time comes, who's going to help him? Would Russia be, be able to help Bashar and save him? Would the United States be able to help him and save him? No way. No way, it's over. No power can stop the decision and the, and the, and the order and the ordain of Allah Azza wa Jal. No power whatsoever. None whatsoever, not the NATO, not the Security Council, not Russia, not the United States, not Britain, not France, not Israel, not the Jews, none. None will be able to help and save those tyrants when their time is to go. And then Allah Azza wa Jal makes this declaration, Inna alayna lalhuda. What we do, and this is a statement from Allah Azza wa Jal, we are not going to enforce it upon you, a path for Yusr or a path for Usr. A path for good life or a path for bad life. A path for something smooth or a path for something hard. Allah Azza wa does not impose it. He says, Inna We provide the guidelines. And it's up to you to choose. And remember we talked about that in Surah At-Takweer where Allah Azza wa when he says, فَأَيْنَ تَذْهَبُونَ When he talked about uh, the, the, this is the, the, the statement or the wahi from Allah Azza wa Jal that is revealed through Jibreel to Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam where he says وَمَا هُوَ عَلَى الْغَيْبِ بِضَنِينَ وَمَا هُوَ بِقَوْلِ شَيْطَانٍ رَجِيمٍ This is the قول of the Prophet. It's not the قول of the Shaytan. Which path you want to go? إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا ذِكْرٌ لِلْعَالَمِينَ لِمَنْ شَاءَ مِنْكُمْ أَيَّ اسْتَقِيمٍ It's a dhikr from Allah Azza wa Jal for those who want to be on the right path. For those who want لِمَنْ شَاءَ for those who are willing, those who are determined to be on the right path. So all falls in order. All of these surahs, one after another, they determine one very solid foundation of the faith and the aqeedah. Allah Azza wa Jal, the creator. Allah does not enforce upon me or impose upon me what is right or what's wrong. He is giving me a dhikr. If I want, I will remember, I will retrieve it from my brain, I will reflect on it and then I will go to the right path. Otherwise, I will follow the shaitan. Here, he says, Inna lal -huda. All that I have to do is to provide you guidelines. Inna lal -huda. And he did it in Surah Al-A'la. He makes taqdeer and he makes hidayah. That's it. Allah does not provide, says, Oh, you people of Arabia, you go to uh, become Muslim and you go to Jannah and the people who speak Urdu, you don't accept Islam and you go to Jahannam. It doesn't work like that. Or Bani Israel, you are beloved people, you go to Jannah no matter what you do. And everybody else are the Jewim, they call them the Jawim or the, the ignorance, you go to Jahannam, you don't worth nothing. Allah doesn't work like that. Allah, the way He works, He says, Alladhi qaddara fahada. We make taqdeer and we make guidance. Inna alayna lal huda. Up to us, we do the hudaya. 
And we own both lives, the next one and this one. Allah says, Upon me in Alayna Lalhuda, and this is the, the, the beauty of the of the wording of Allah Azza wa Jal. In Alayna upon me, it's an obligation. It's something that Allah Azza wa Jal says, it's my duty, it's what I do in Alayna. For me, I will provide guidance. Wa inna lana, but I own for me now, it's upon me something. We say it's my work, my homework, my the thing which I have to do, this is my responsibility, let's say, although Allah Azza wa Jal, there is nothing called responsibility for Allah, that's our wording, but for us, my responsibility, my responsibility is to provide this place, to build this building, uh, to make this uh, carpets, this is the, the administration of this masjid, that's what we have to do, and your duty is to come and pray. Here Allah Azza wa Jal says, Inna huda. I will furnish you with hidayah. I will provide hidayah. But at the end of the day, I have this life, this world, and the world after. I control it. I control. I know if you follow my guidance, I'm going to help you. If you don't follow my guidance, I will help you the other direction. I will give you the guidance. This is a path that takes you to Jannah. This is a path of Yusr. This is a path which is smooth path. This is a path of Iman, path of Islam, path of a social Islamic system, path of good order, path of decent life, path of men and women having decent life, not crazy life as we have it in this country, in this world. It's a path of wealth distribution according to Islam. It's not the path of wealth accumulation as it's in capitalism. We have this path and there is yet another path. It's the path of Allah Azza wa Jal, and the other path is the path of the shaitan and the police. Iblis, you follow. And then Allah Azza wa Jal, he says, I own this world, which is this life, and if you do good in this life, I will help you in the direction that you choose. Whether you choose the good direction or the bad direction, I will help you in that direction. And I have the last one, Al-Akhirah. Al-Akhirah means the, the end, the other life. And in that life, I own the accountability. Like Surah Al-Fatiha where he says, Maliki Yawm al-Din. Remember when we said, when we made the tafsir about Maliki Yawm al-Din, he says, I own the day of judgment. And goes without saying that he owns this life too. And he makes it clear here, explicit. This life is mine, and the next life is mine as well. What does this mean that this life is his? He created it. I can't live in this world without the support of Allah Azza wa Jal. How can I breathe if Allah did not make the air for me to breathe? How can I breathe if Allah did not make my nose with the filters so I can filter the bad things from the good things and then I consume only the oxygen? How could I? He owns it. He, he makes it available for me to live. And also, how can I live in this world? How can I know what is right and what's wrong if he did not designate messengers and the prophets with the Quran and with the rest of the, of the guidance from Allah Azza wa Jal? How can I know what is useful, what's not useful? What is right, what is wrong? 
what is doable, what's not doable. I wouldn't know. Look at the world around us when they, they, they make decisions on their own, when they make the laws on their own. Every day they change their laws and they, they know that the law that they make today is as bad as the law they made yesterday, but that's the best they can do. So Allah Azza wa Jal, He owns this life and He owns the guidance in this life and He sends messengers for this life and we have to understand and obey Allah Azza wa Jal in this world and know that the accountability won't come when it comes later. And it's very beautiful the way Allah Azza wa Jal puts it. He makes the word about akhirah before dunya, before the first. Usually you say, I have the first one and the last one. Here Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, I have the last one and the first one. To Allah Azza wa Jal, this order of time doesn't exist. Timing exists for us only because we are bounded by time. Allah is not bounded by time. To Him is the last one and the first one are the same. Last and first, first and last, first and second to Allah Azza wa Jal, they don't exist. First and last, last and first exist for people who are bound by time. So for us, whenever I want to talk about things in order, I say first, second, third. I don't go the third and the first. I own this one and the last one. Allah says, I own the last and the first one. That is one indication. Time is irrelevant to Allah Azza wa Jal. The second indication is that the Akhirah is more important than the dunya. You know, sometimes we worry about dunya a lot. The first life, we worry about it a lot because we are living in it. But the one who is wise and he has a good mind and brain, you should worry about the longer one, not the shorter one. The longer one is the Akhirah. The more extended one is the Akhirah. The one that is unlimited, is unbounded, that does not end or finish is the Akhirah. So we should care more about the Akhirah than the dunya. We should put it in, in fact, it's, it's, it's only a wise person who says, okay, if I live in this world for about 60 years on the average, 100 years if you extend it, if you, in fact, when you live beyond the 80 years, it's all in torture and pain and, and, and illness, which is not really good. But let's say, goes all the way to 100 years, 110, 120, 150. And then what? It's over. But you look at the life after, once it begins, it doesn't end. That's what Allah Azza wa Jal says. So a wise person will always go for the Akhirah. Here Allah Azza wa Jal is giving this notion, إِنَّ لَنَا لَلْآخِرَةَ وَالْأُولَى The Akhirah, which is the second one, which is the most important one, pay attention to it. And we also have the first one. Allah Azza wa Jal on both. So you better be careful for both lives. This life and the hereafter. And both are owned by Allah Azza wa Jal. And based on that, فَأَنذَرْتُكُمْ نَارًا And based on that, I have to warn you. Allah Azza wa Jal, which is the good thing. You know, quite often sometimes someone is giving you, let's say a ticket or a punishment. Say, At least you could have warned me. If you put a sign, warning sign, very, very good sign, let's say on the roads when you are driving, sometimes there is a speed limit. But if you keep reminding me, reminding me all the time, then at least I could probably have taken some precaution. 
You want to be warned ahead of time before you get before you get in trouble. Allah Azza wa Jal says, فَأَنذَرْتُكُمْ نَارًا See, I told you, I warned you. I'm not going to punish you at the end, in the day of judgment, without letting you, although Allah Azza wa Jal can do that. He's Allah, He's God, He's the Rabb. He owns that, that day. But still, He says, فَأَنذَرْتُكُمْ نَارًا I'm, I'm warning you. نَارًا تَلَظَّى Nar means hellfire or fire. Talavza means burning and getting hot, more hot and more hot. Because al-lava, al-lava means the very hot fire. In, I think in Surah Al-Qalam, we talked about that in Kalla innaha lava. No, I think, no, it's, it's coming in, in the next Surah. Innaha lava, nazza'atun lishawa. This is a lava, Allah Azza wa talks about Jahannam. It is a nar, it's a hot, very hot. Lava means very hot. And he says, Talavva, Talavva keeps getting hotter and hotter. Keeps getting more hot. That's what Talavva means. So, Kalla innaha lava. Fa'andartukum naran Talavva here. I'm warning you and giving you the warning of a nar that is always being hot and hot. Be careful. La yaslaha illa al-ashqa. We talked about in the past the word yasla. Yasla, I think it was in uh, uh, one of the previous surahs uh, where the word yasla means you feel you feel the pain of the heat. And I was making comment on this because some people at some point they say, oh, the, the hellfire is a metaphor and the jannah is a metaphor. Allah Azza wa is just giving these examples, but they, they, these are not real. And here, right from the very beginning, Allah Azza wa is using this word yasla. Yasla, it cannot be a metaphor because you have to feel the heat of, of the hot fire. That's the word yasla. So he's using this time and time again in the earlier surahs of the Quran. La yaslaha, which means no one will be burned by that hellfire except al-ashqa. Al-ashqa is the most miserable. From the word shaqi, and the shaqi is the word antonym to Sa'id, happy. So happy and shaqi. Happy is Sa'id. Shaqi is the unhappy. The unhappy is the most unhappy, which is the absolutely loser. The most losing person will be burned by the hellfire. Al-ashqa. Now, who is al-ashqa? Who is the unhappy? It's not the unhappy who lost 10 dollars or who lost a trade or who lost a business or who lost his job although these people can feel unhappy at some point the most unhappy person Allah Azza wa Jal says the one who is going to, to feel that heat of the fire the one who makes takzib and again keep reminding yourself of this word kathab al-mukathib al-mukathibin which has been used almost in every surah that we have seen until now, Allah Azza wa is using this word takdeeb. Kathaba, kathab means the one who denies. It's not the one who makes a lie. The one who makes a lie is kathaba. Kathab makes a lie. The one who lies, he makes a lie, that's a sin. Making a lie, you lie. Everybody makes a lie. Once in a while, lie to your wife, lie to your children, lie to your boss, lie. You make a lie. That's a sin. That's haram. 
التكذيب التكذيب اتس كفر التكذيب when you say you deny you deny Islam you deny the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is the only Rabb you deny the fact that Allah Azza wa Jal is the only legislator and this is quite I keep insisting on this look today when the people debate about the issue of democracy and Islam this is dangerous it's not only you are falling in a sin when you deny deny Islam to be the right the right of Islam to be the legislator the hukum, the sharia and I talked about this quite, those, those who call sharia and they make fun of the sharia people the other day there was a, one of some of the so called Islamic thinkers on, on one of the TV shows they were asking him about an Islamic state are you going to build an Islamic state in Syria after the revolution he says no 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 we want to do a civic state democratic state that's denial that's deny that's not a lie it's not a lie, it's takdeeb. At takdeeb, when you say, I deny, I don't want Islam to be ruling. I don't want the hukum of Islam. That's deny. At takdeeb is when you deny or you reject one of the attributes of Allah Azza wa Jal, one of the actions of Allah, one of the rules of Allah Azza wa Jal. You cannot, Allah Azza wa Jal says in the Quran, وَمَا كَانَ لِمُؤْمِنٍ وَلَا مُؤْمِنَ إِذَا قَضَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَمْرًا أَنْ يَكُونَ لَهُمُ الْخِيَرَةُ مِنْ أَمْرِهِمْ A mu'min, male or female, whenever Allah Azza wa Jal makes a decree, makes a statement, makes a rule, قضى, makes a rule, cannot, cannot in no way to say, oh, I have a choice. I want to do it different way. If Allah makes the rule that a riba is haram, you can't do riba, you can't say, oh, but 5% from the IMF is still okay. You can't do that. That's takdeeb. That's takdeeb. You may lie as much as you want, and then you go repent. Just like the one who makes a zina. You make a zina, that's haram. Even if you make riba, that's haram. But if you deny the rule of riba, if you deny it, if you allow, you allow, you say, I want in my state the legislation of riba to be okay, that's okay. That is takdeeb. The people of Mecca at the time of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam when the surah was revealed, their problem is that they say, oh Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, this Quran that you are bringing, we don't accept it. We don't accept this Quran. We don't want to be guided by this Quran. We don't want to be guided by this Quran. We don't want to follow the rules of Quran. We don't mind you saying there is a God that's revealing to you. Okay, fine, let your God reveal to you whatever he wants. But we will not abide but by your God. Your God is your God. We don't care about what you are bringing to us from Allah Azza wa Jal. In fact, the Quran talks about this issue. When you ask them, okay, if you are telling us about these idols, about all of these, your, your uh, societies and your systems, who is the creator of the world? Oh, they will tell you it's Allah. They don't, they don't even... They don't even, they are not embarrassed, they are not shy. Oh, Allah created that. But then what's the problem? 
if they know and they claim and they state that Allah did is the creator, then what, what's, what's your problem? Or we don't want this Allah to be ruling our life. We just want to continue doing our zina the way we do. We want to do our tatfif the way we do. We want to continue to bury our children the way we do. We want to continue to beat our wives the way we do. We want to continue to fight for nationalism the way we do. We want to continue to kill our people the way we do. We want to continue to enslave the people the way we do. Let your God not interfere in our own lives. That's their problem. That's a takdeeb. الذي كذب وتولى that's the one that he will be really burned in the hellfire because Allah is not entrusted in burning our skins in fire look at the end of the day Allah created the people he created them he did not create the people so that he will say okay I will barbecue you in Jahannam that's not the issue he created the people he said okay I am your God I am your Rabb at least worship me. That's the least I expect from you, to worship me. But to come and say, okay, you created me, you gave me all this life, but heck with you, I'm not going to, to listen to you. That's not acceptable. That's when he says, يصلاح الأشقى. This is الأشقى. الأشقى is the, one, is the one that sees the guidance from Allah Azza wa Jal. And all of this comes after this guidance. When Allah says, إِنَّ عَلَيْنَا لَلْهُدَى I give you guidance. I sent you a messenger. Rasulan minkum yatlu alaykum ayatihi wa yuzakikum wa yuallimukum al hikmah. I sent you a messenger from among you. He's reading the ayat. He's purifying you. He's teaching you the wisdom. He's doing everything among you. Rasulun min anfusikum, azizun alayhi ma'anittum, harisun alaykum, bil mu'minin raufur rahim. A messenger from among you who is absolutely merciful for you. He is absolutely so keen about your life. He spends all the energy he has for you to guide you. I gave you all this guidance. I gave this guidance, I gave the Quran. Then what else do you want? Beyond that, what do you want? You don't want to listen to this hidayah, you go to hellfire. On the other side, Al-Atqa will be saved from that. And I will stop right here. I'm not going to finish this surah now because the time is coming for uh, Maghrib soon. But I want to spend a word on this contrast between this ayah and the ayah in surah Al-A'la. Here it says, سَيُجَنَّبُهَا الْأَتْقَى In surah Al-A'la it says, وَيَتَجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَى These two words, Al-Ashqa and Al-Atqa were used in surah Al-A'la. Just like Surah Al-Layl. These, these two surahs came after one another. And this is the beauty of the Quran and the strength of the Quran, the way it strikes the minds of the Arabs at the time with this linguistic type of power. There, he said, يَتَجَنَّبُهَا يَتَجَنَّب from the same root, from the word jan. Jan means go on the side. You know, if I'm walking like this, and then I see there is this camera in front of me, Atajannab, I walk on the side. Atajannab, I will go to the side so I don't hit it. That's Atajannab. If I'm driving and then on the path I am driving, there is, let's say, a rock or some object. Then I side the track. I go to the side. Atajannab. I move to the side. That means Atajannab. 
So in Surah Al-A'la he says, يَتَجَنَّبُهَا يَتَجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَى If I read it, it says, سَيَذَّكَّرُ مَنْ يَخْشَى وَيَتَجَنَّبُهَا الْأَشْقَى The one who fears Allah Azza wa Jal will remember, will remember what Allah Azza wa Jal is calling, but the one who is kafir, الْأَشْقَى, the unhappy, the miserable one, will take the side road will go aside from the hidayah will see this is Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa calling for Quran or oh, I'm not going to listen to him I will go on the other I will take the other route here is Abu Bakr talking about Islam I'm not going to listen to this man I go to another place here is Bilal radiyallahu an saying ahadun ahad or oh, I don't want to listen to Bilal keep repeating this time and time again I will go to other direction here is a brother who is giving a session or talk about the Quran. Oh, this is, I hear this a lot. I don't want to listen to him anymore. I just go to another place. I'm not going to listen. Yatajannab. That means I take all the energy to go different direction so that I don't listen to the correct statement. In this surah, Al-Layl, he says, وَسَيُجَنَّبُهَا الْأَتْقَى It's not that Al-Atqa here is Al-Atqa, not Al-Ashqa. Al-Atqa means the most pious. The most pious will side track, will go, will be on the side of Jahannam. He will not be touched by Jahannam. But it's not that he does it. It says Yujannab means someone, some power other than him will take him, tilt him aside. Yujannab in the first one, it says يتجنب. Here he says يجنب. يجنب is passive tense. It says he will be pushed aside. In the first one, he will push himself aside. He will take himself aside. Let's say if I'm moving like this, I see that this is something good. I'll say, no, I don't want to listen to this guy. I go to the different direction. أنا أتجنب. On the other side, on this surah, here there is a ditch. It's not something good. There is a hellfire. And I'm moving. And what Allah says, the one who has the taqwa, it's as if someone will take me, pull me aside so I don't fall in the hellfire. And here is the sense is that Allah Azza wa Jal is the one who is saving me from hellfire when I am doing the taqwa. So do your taqwa, do your taqwa, do your Views for Islam for Allah Azza wa Jal, Allah will save you. So when it comes to hellfire, to hellfire, it's not only although it's your work that helps you, but Allah Azza wa Jal on top of your work, He will come and tilt you aside, as He says in the other place, فَمَنْ زُحْزِحَ عَنِ النَّارِ وَأُدْخِلَ الْجَنَّةِ زُحْزِحْ means tilted away from hellfire. That gives me a comfort that Allah Azza wa Jal is on my side. That Allah is pushing me aside from Jahannam so I don't fall in this ditch. So pay attention. Sometimes if you can grasp the language difference, in Surah Al-A'la he says, يتجنب, the good thing, the hidayah, you by your own will, by your own power, by your own mashia, you go aside and you leave the hidayah. Here, by your own power, by your own will, you will follow the orders of Allah Azza wa Jal, and therefore Allah Azza wa Jal will help you, will take you away from Jahannam and 
put you on the, on the track of Jannah. Which is something that I feel comfortable that it's Allah Azza wa Jal who will guide me and help me and support me and take me to Jannah. Even the wording makes difference. Even the wording makes difference and the kuffar of Mecca will be puzzled in this, in this accuracy of the wording, if you will. Whenever it comes to the, 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 the selection of the word, the selection of the tense, whether it's the passive tense or the, the uh, primitive or the direct tense, those selections which go, although these surahs were revealed like back to back, those are not, let's say, years apart, so someone is thinking about them, it's back to back. This is the revelation that comes and strikes the mind of the Arab at the time that this word cannot be the word of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's beyond the ability of a person to keep thinking and about all of these issues and choosing and selecting the proper word for each meaning. Otherwise, you will be using the same words. Here Allah Azza wa Jal is carefully selecting each word. No word will be substituted by any other word. And I will stop right here and open the floor for any discussions because I think prayer is coming in 10 minutes. Jazakumullah. Go ahead. Avoid? The second one to be... To be avoided. Yeah. Avoid. Maybe to be... Or to help you get avoided. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the first one to avoid, yes. Yeah. Side tracks to avoid, yes. Yatajannab to avoid. And you, you, you jannab, you are being helped to get avoided. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Well, it applies to the one who has, who has enough wealth, who has enough wealth to make him feel that he is safe and secure. Because uh, in general, in general, there are many other ayat that talk about other issues that if you do bad, you, have, you are responsible for that. But these ayat here are targeting the issue of istighna. That's where he, when he says, وَأَمَّا مَنْ بَخِلَ وَاسْتَغْنَى So the issue of istighna means the feeling of being absolutely in power, in control, in no need, with absolute sufficiency. So he's talking about that. And then he says, وَمَا يُغْنِي عَنْهُ مَالُهُ إِذَا تَرَدَّى His wealth, what his wealth is going to do, usually you don't talk about someone who has 100 bucks in his pocket. We talk about someone like Qarun, the one who thought, oh, I have so much wealth, who in the world can take this away from me? This is the one that usually has this feeling of absolute security that no one can touch him. No one can take his power from him. No one can change his life from the good life in his own image to some bad life or some usr. Some hardship. He doesn't even imagine that. But the one who has, 
who barely is making it, who is below poverty line, although he may have some few dollars in his account, I don't think he is in the state, in, in the state of mind of have, having this feeling. So that's why I picked on those with big money and big power like Qaddafi, like Bashar, like Mubarak, like Zain al-Abdin bin Ali, those who's, who did not even know how much money they had. Like Qarun, like Allah Azza wa Jal, he described him, uh, that he had from his money, ma inna mafatihahu latabu'u bihi ulul usbati min al-rijal. That his, the keys to his treasures, the big strong men barely can carry all the keys to his treasures. That means, imagine how much money he has. If the keys were to his treasures were so huge. So that's the type of, of people the, these ayahs, uh, ayat are addressing. Just like it addressed also in, in, uh, in Surah Al-Qalam, where uh, one of the previous surahs we talked about, uh, where he says, أَنْ كَانَ ذَا مَالِ وَبَنِينَ أَنْ كَانَ ذَا سَنَسِمُهُ عَلَى الْخُرْطُومِ What's the... The ayah which says, كَانَ ذَا مَالٍ وَبَنِينَ He was, he had so much money and, and, and uh, power of wealth that he wanted, he thought that he can be saved. But that's nothing can, can save him. So it's speaking on these uh, on these issues. Yes. You got the, uh, is it only the people with power that they are saying that we will not let Islam come back, or is it anyone? Because when the ayah was revealed, the people were like Kufa, right? Yes. Right now there are people who are Muslim. No. Look, brother, uh, even at the time of Mecca, the ones who were the showstoppers, those who were trying to, to stop the show, to stop the movement of Islam, were not the regular kuffar. Many people did not believe in Islam. Either they did not believe or they did not feel enough evidence. But the showstoppers were the elites. Al-Mala, the Quran talks about Al-Mala. Al-Mala means the chiefs, the big guys. Al-Walid, Abu Jahl, Al-Akhnas, Umayyah bin Khalaf, Abu Sufyan at the time, Abu Lahab. Okay, those are uh, the, 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 the regular people, like the father of Abu Bakr. Father of Abu Bakr accepted Islam after the conquest of Mecca. But he was a regular person. He, didn't, he did not make a difference in terms of stopping the rise of Islam. And when Islam came to Mecca, Allah says, إِذَا جَاءَ نَصْرُ اللَّهِ وَالْفَتْحُ رَأَيْتَ النَّاسَ يَدْخُلُونَ فِي دِينِ اللَّهِ أَفْوَاجًا The people entered Islam as groups. You think that these people accepted Islam as groups? They just believed in Islam now? They had all the time known that Islam is correct. But there was a showstopper. There were elites that were preventing the people. Similarly today, who is in Egypt or in Syria is standing against the the implementation of Islam. There are a few groups of people, secularists, who are supported by uh, these NGOs coming from the United States or Europe, and they are pouring them money, and they are pushing and making all of this nonsense against the implementation of Islam, even again the smell of Islam, not even the, the real Islam. There is smell of Islam, or there is uh, someone who has a beard that looks like that, that's Islam, they are against it.
the real ones who are really showstoppers in the world about Islam are not the regular people. These are elites. These are people with power and money who lose, who think, who think that they will lose when Islam is implemented. Who thinks usually he loses when Islam is implemented? Is the tyrant, is the oppressive, is the one who is abusing the system. Someone who is abusing the system, who is making billions of dollars out of pornography. Why would he allow Islam to come and prevent pornography? They are making more than 15 billion dollars worth of money. Those people sometimes they are, look, those people who talk about gradual Islam or today Islam step by step, they come under the pressure, mostly under the pressure and the, and the, and the fight and the, of the so-called the ones who are mukaddibin. These are not mukaddibin. Let's make, be sure about this. These are not mukaddibin. These are not against Islam. But they fall under the pressure of the mukaddibin, and for some reason they yield to the pressure. They shouldn't yield to the pressure, should not yield to the pressure. We understand that's what the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam Allah told them, what do They would love you to see you be gradual, be soft. They would love that. Don't do that. They shouldn't be lenient to them. But the stoppers of Islam, the real, the ones that the ayat are talking about, these are the deniers. These are really deep inside, they don't believe in Islam. Okay, so they, we have to be, to be careful. Sometimes you are, there is weakness, there is some pressures, there is environment, there is, you think you, are, you want to outsmart. That's, that's an issue that you take it uh, uh, differently with the, uh, with, with the Muslims. Muslims, they, they are all types of categories of Muslims. Some are very strong, some weak, some they fall under pressure. Some they think that things can be worked out over time. That's a different story. That's not what these ayats are talking about. Let's not take things out of context. Okay? Yes? You mentioned that Allah mentioned Abu Bakr. Yes. Not in the name. Yes, this ayah, the last three ayats which I left them, I uh, left them for next time because they will talk about Abu Bakr and Bilal and I don't want to discuss them in this last two minutes because this is the, the, the core or the essence of the surah in the last uh, four ayat about الذي يؤتي ماله يتزكى about Abu Bakr and Bilal radiallahu anhu and because I wanted to take the time to talk about this the, the, the significance of having someone like Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and the significance of having someone like Bilal radiallahu anhu who can stand up for the tyranny and the pressure and for someone like Abu Bakr who can pull people under torture and raise them and take them up without having them feeling for one second that they are being paid something. It's all for the sake of Allah. That's a whole notion that we need today. So I left this to have it a whole lecture on its own. But it's coming, inshallah, next week. Uh, are we having next week the session? Where is Durani? Is it next week we are in Bolingbrook? Or the week after? Oh, it will be here, okay. So we'll be here next week, yes.
Okay. Do we still have time until Maghrib? Yeah, we still have time. So if anybody has comments, questions, please go ahead. Yes, go ahead. Yes. So the way you discussed over here, I understand that because is the one denies the truth in terms of Tawheed. Right? Yes, yes. You know it, but you deny it because you just don't want to accept it. But the word Kazab was reserved for Sallam al Kazab by the Prophet Muhammad and that is by the Prophet. Yes. Because you deny also the Rasal. Yes. Well, uh, Musalam al-Kazab, he earned the name, he earned it, he earned the title uh, to, be, to be fixed with his name because he was absolutely mukadhib uh, uh, and he went all to, to, the, to the farthest extent, but that's not only him. They are mukadhibin, the Quran talks about mukadhibin, and this ayah was revealed before, long time before Musaylama came into existence. And the uh, that's which was in Surah Al-Muzzammil, I think, earlier. It talks about Mukadhibin of Mecca. So it does talk about the concept of Mukadhibin, but Musaylama did earn the word Kadhab at the time. And I really think that today there are many people like Musaylama who earn the same word, the same title. So it's not reserved only for him. It's reserved for anyone who denies the the right for Islam to be in in uh, in charge. Last name is Al-Qadhafi. Huh? His last name. One, one of those is Al-Qadhafi, yes. That's true. Who's gone? And there are many of them like him. This is not the only one. They are all Qadhafis. Any other uh, Comment, question. Okay. Zakumullah khair. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullah. We'll see you inshallah next time. Next week at six o'clock. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sira are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.